fear of like the hand on one's shoulder. <clears throat> if it was placed there when you were born, <clears throat> of course we're saying you born, whatever, that then it, you would never know it was there because it had always been there, yeah? In your f- sense, it had always been there, so it was never noticed that it was a hand. So it would have effects, and the mind would try to write up stories about what was the effect and what was the cause, but they'd be way off. Some of them the outlandish, you know, conspiratorial, whatever. But you would really know the hand and its effects by its lifting up. Yeah? When the hand got lifted, you would realize, hey, it was like three pounds, affected this whole area. You know, that's why nothing fit. You know what I mean? I had a big hand in here, like a shoulder pad. And then all the stories you'd probably find out that that you had or the mind had about the, the cause and the effects would be shown to be totally pointless. You know, they were just like uh, just grabbing for things in the dark, yeah? just to have a sense of knowing. But the fact is, once it was lifted, you would know it by its absence. Yeah, that's the whole point. Really. You actually know yourself by the mind's absence, by the conditional mind's absence. That's how you know thyself. You don't know thyself through the mind's presence. Because the self that you'll know by the mind's presence is what's been produced by the, the mind, you know, the conditional mind. You're going to know thyself, but that self, I don't believe, is what we are. Yeah? But you'll know it. You'll know it. You'll know that you're bad. You'll know that you're no good. You'll know that you're not lovable. And no matter how much evidence that you get or light presents on this surface to disprove that deep down, you'll believe those ideas of yourself. Yeah? Because the system is locked in. So the system is, pro- is producing and presenting a sense of you, and then it has the sense of knowing you. Yeah? As if you're some inherent object or inherent thing that it's come across. And then it has all this infinite wisdom about you, but the wisdom that it has about you is from the same system that produced the sense of you. Yeah. It's locked in. So you know, let's say you know what the root of the problem is, but it doesn't translate into relief, really. Yeah? You know this and that about yourself, but it doesn't translate into expression. It's just a, a, like an empty knowledge. So you get a sense, oh, I know who I am. And maybe that gives you a weird mental security in this place of time and consequences, but you don't really know because the, you're knowing thyself through the self. Yeah. But if that was seen as not being so, then by its absence, you would come to know yourself, if you want to put it that way. Yeah. If you want to use the same terminology, knowing yourself, you would know, you would truly know yourself by the absence of that false self. You can't, there's no knowing what you are from what you're not. It just can't do it, yeah? It's like, here you are as what you are. You leave this, in a sense. You go into what you're not, and then you have an urge to find out what you are. But you're trying to find out what you are from what you're not, yeah? It's already created this long <coughs> timescape and, and doing and havingscape and you know, if I just go through every one of my character defects or every one of these things that seem to present like these, un- these unpleasant attributes that I seem to have or harbor, when I would get through them all and ask them to be removed, what would be left if all of them would be ru- removed would be me. 
like a pure, pristine me, yeah, that would be great, yeah, it would be a great me, <laughs> you know what I mean? But all the picking to try to sort of go through and say, all right, this is, get this out, this out, the whole point is, the whole space is what you're not, yeah? Not what you, not the particulars you want to, oh, I don't want to be selfish anymore. So I'm going to try not to be selfish, which is a form of selfishness in a way. Yeah. Try not to be selfish. Try it. Try not to be selfish. It turns into selfishness. You're constantly concerned about you not being selfish. Yeah. You can't get out of it. You can't get out of by the mechanism that produces the sense of being it. You can't get out of it that way. It will always... You'll never see that the lock behind your little activity of you hear the click and you think the door swings open and you're free, but the click is another lock. Yeah? You're just hearing another key. You're thinking, oh, I'm free to be me. No, you're not. <laughs> freedom in what you are is the same. You're not free to be you. The freedom to be you is so fucking contrived and controlled. Yeah, yeah, by the sense of being the you that's being free. Yeah. So this is like, okay, recognize the system can't navigate outside the system. It has an inside and outside. It has the nirvana, the island of nirvana. It has fantasy island. It has all those things, and they have this sense of they represent, I'm out. I'm finally free from myself. But all of them are still in the domain of the selfing. Yeah? You can't take the raft of selfing and get to the other shore. Its development is on the other shore also. You're just going to go to another condo of self over there. But look at that, Virgin Island. Let's, let's get on this raft of self and get there. As soon as you get there, it's made up into something. Yeah? You can never put your foot on virgin ground. It's, or as soon as it's, there's the you that's foot is landing, it's already made into something. Yeah. This is why it's recognizing the total uh, unreliability of the system that sometimes it will crash in and of itself. And it may feel like it's crashing in on you, but that's just a feeling of its own little ceiling. The, ceil the feeling of the ceiling crashing in of selfing has the feeling there's a you that's underneath the ceiling that it's all going to crash into. That's the selfing. Yeah, so it can feel really wild when it's starting to crash because it feels like it's crashing in on you. But what's crashing is the sense of you. Yeah? And when it crashes and you don't go through the debris trying to re-glue everything, let me re-glue myself. I've got this opportunity to make me a better, long-lasting, authentic self. If there's this... There's this pause not to pick up the pieces. They, they, they lose their glue, so to speak. Yeah? They can't reformulate and become you anymore. You've seen it not to be so by its absence. Yeah? You've had a sense of it being absent, and every time it tries to imply that it's present as you, there's some knowing there now that's your immunity to it. You don't go all the way anymore. It may take you to first base and second base, but you're not going to have, you're not going to couple with that idea and then become you. Yeah? You're going to have an immunity to all the foreplay, so to speak, before it gets to the point where, yeah. <laughs> That's why I find, like, in, in recovery, I remember I went to these retreats, 
these seminars, and they explained the fourth step. Now, people had explained the fourth step to me before in AA, my sponsor and everything. But none of, no understanding was developed. When I went to that four-day seminar in the big book, there was an understanding that got developed, and it changed the, the whole sense of being recovered. That's why I have value in an understanding, because the understanding can lead you to the, to the vision, in a sense. Not like the vision is a special place you've got to get to, but the understanding can be sort of like a, like a substitute until the vision gets uh, acclimated, yes? Until there's, there's no real disturbance with the mind when it sees nothing, yeah? where it flips out. There's a point where it starts recognizing its original face when it sees nothing, yeah? And therefore it chills out. The understanding is what you can hold on to when that static or that flipping out, when mind starts recognizing there is nothing, really. There is no long-lasting, independent, separate entity. Nothing is, in a sense, actually truly happening as if it's an objectified reality. It's just happening. That thing flips the mind out. It creates static, yeah? Its ability to reflect uh, currents on the surface occur. And it's like, oh, let's make an island quickly so we can get up on the island. Oh, shoo, I'm still me. Yeah? So there, when you get on the island and you feel like you're you after you've, the vision has, has a, a free sample has occurred, the understanding is helpful to sort of to calm yourself, the mind down, so that when it, reckon, it will be able to recognize its original face, yes, and not flip out, so to speak. It will see, yeah, there is nobody truly home. Yeah. <laughs> it, he doesn't wear 32, 32 pants. He doesn't have his favorite t-shirts. It's, all of this are just attributes of a manifestation of mind. Selfing, yeah? There's nothing wrong with them. They're there to be enjoyed when you can. But if there's a sense of ownership or becoming the one who has the t-shirt, that's the point where the mind doesn't want to go usually. It doesn't want to see that there's nobody home. So it flips out, yeah? And so, okay, we provided understanding. Yeah. Okay, you're not that. You're not that which flips out when nothing is seen from nothing, yes? You're not that, you know? The thoughts aren't yours. You're not the, the, you're not the generator of these thoughts. You are not a thinker. You have no capability of thinking. The feeling of you is a thought in and of itself, yeah? A thought is not, a thought is never going to be the thinker of thoughts, yes? A thought is in the milieu of thoughts. There is no way a thought is thinking. <laughs> There's no way. A thought is a thought, yeah? You and I are not the thinker of the thought. We're the awareness of thoughts, yeah? We're seeing thoughts. And then when the thoughts are seen, the mental process claims to be the seer. And when you feel you're the seer of thoughts, each thought is used as a mirror to reflect the imaginary you. There's a vague feeling of you as a body being the thinker, isn't it? All day while the thoughts are being claimed, it produces a sense of being you. The claiming of it, not the thoughts being seen. The thoughts are being seen are not producing any sense except awareness, yeah? onness, consciousness. Yeah? That is a, that's obvious because there's an awareness of the thought. That is the basic format. But the interpretation by the mind is, you're the thinker. 
you're the thinker of the thought. So every thought is like used as a mirror to reflect this phantom you. And so we walk around with this vague sense of being this. Yeah. And we take this to be all that there is. And that all that there is is appearing to this or coming from this. That's called self-centeredness. Yeah? It's a very, 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 very small system of mind. Self-centeredness that you suddenly are the center of everything, not as the center of everything, but as an objectified center of everything. Yeah? That you're a thing that everything revolves around. Yet you're a thing that everything revolves around. You don't see it. How could everything revolve around a thing? There'd be things and then a thing, but it would be the thing that you think is solid and stationary and is the center is moving also. Everything is revolving around nothing. (laughs) Nothing is the center. Everything revolves around nothing. But no... I'm a special thing that everything's... No, you're in the whole... You know what I mean? You're being stirred like everything else. (laughs) All around the center of nothing. No, I'm taking this one thought and I'm taking it out of all the stream of thoughts and placing it right here. And here is the center. This is where I make my stand. So suck everything around this, yeah? But you don't realize it's all... Yeah. So it's like you don't feel like you're moving on the earth, but if you saw it from afar, we're moving at great next speeds, the planet. Yeah. The planet is moving at an incredible speed, but we don't feel that, do you? You don't feel at all. You feel like you're totally stationary. Yeah. Oh, all these thoughts are swirling around me. Take a bigger picture from space. Everything is swirling around. There's no you that they're swirling around. Everything is swirling around. Everything is energetically going, going, going. Why is it that suddenly we become like the lightning rod that everything is happening to or issuing forth from? It's an extreme self-centeredness, yeah? And I believe if that mind is in that condition, it seems to produce a myriad form of neuroses and results that provoke and incite a desire, a strong desire to get out. Yet you can't get out of something that you're not inherently in. That's the freaking frustration, yeah? You have this drive, but the drive is ignorantly guided, yes? The drive is valid. Yeah, this is, I mean, this sucks, basically. I hear that there's love and bliss, and no one in the, no one in the coffee shop even looks at me when I walk in. They're all doing their thing. If I'm the center of the universe, I felt I would have bigger effect on others. They, they meet me and they don't even know who I was two days later when they meet me again. It's really fucking depressing. I don't seem to have much of an impact on anyone. <laughs> but I seem to have a tons of an impact on me. That's all I think about. You can't get relief from the agitation by the agitation. It's impossible. Yeah, I shot up enough dope to know that if dope worked, I would have left here. <laughs> I would have transcended this place. Man, I swear to God, I, I had, I'd match my devotion to drugs with any spiritual devotee in the annals of spirituality in this planet. I'd be up there with Hanuman and Mother Teresa and everyone else, man. 
I gave everything to that fucking lifestyle. And it doesn't take you out of here. Yeah? Nothing takes you out of here. Because there's no here to be taken out of. You gotta... You gotta... I mean, that's what people share about. Maybe they've gone through 800 doors and they've realized it's just another... They, you re-enter the hallway and maybe you've gone through 100 doors. They just want to save you 700 doors. Really. Hey, bro, the next 700 doors, and I would say it goes on in, through infinity, none of them leave, lead you out of here. Why is it that we have difficulty hearing that? Because we think we're special. No! I know that one door, 705, is going to work for me. Okay, go ahead then. <laughs> but it's about maybe saving time. Why is it that everything that you've ever done to get out of yourself, you still seem to be in self? It, it, because it, take out this self-centeredness, it doesn't work. It's a failed system. You can't escape from an imaginary place. I don't care how many maps you buy. I don't care if you find the oldest scripture and you read it religiously. It ain't taking you out of here. It's part and parcel of here. Yeah. There's tons of pointing out of this place, but all those pointings, if you followed it, they bring you right back in a way. Because anything, if you believe you've left someplace, you're going to go back to it. If you really believe you got out of something that was real, I bet you you're going to have a feeling that you're really back in it sooner or later. Yeah? What I find is to observe what we're taking to be the starting point. If it ain't the starting point, that's going to freeze a lot of the mental activity. The pause that seems to go unnoticed or lost in time may become the most dominant influence. The sense of the space of timelessness that's right now. Yeah? The breath that seems to have been uncounted. And any time you count breath, that's time anyway. One breath, two breaths. That's time again. Breath isn't of time. What's occurring is like a... If, if the breath is of time, well, it's just crazy to me. It's crazy to sit here. I'm going to count my breaths like they're fucking your children. You know? No, one breath has no quality of time whatsoever. It's just the movement of this place. Dualistic, yes? If you could take the thing of, oh, this has been happening like this forever, drop it off, you would see in the one happening, it's amazing. The pause that the breath, the pause is, has a breath right in the middle of it. The inhale, then there's a pause, exhale, pause. Pause is the dominant thing. Yeah. Why not start there? Why not start at the pause and starting at the one who needs a pause? You know, like when you're a kid, you know, parents would give you a, they, now they do, my parents, they just let you out the back door all day. But now they, you have to have a pause, you know, Gerald, go up to your room and have a pause. You know what I mean? Fucking, <laughs> it'd be great if you never came back out. All right. Instead, have a pause. He's much more connected probably than the parent. All right. Boom. Bye-bye. So, yeah, have a pause. Why not? If you start there, you probably won't go that far. You know what I mean? A lot of your drive will be snipped. The attention, instead of being... That intention and interest that we are is incredible. What weakens it is when it's stretched out in time, you know? You get interested in all these things, these past ideas and these future hopes, yes? And you're attentive to all the memories and all the fears that provoke, like, paint a picture of dire uh, circumstances, yes? If that interest and attention was freed from that, that stretching out of 
in time, yeah, and to onto things and was allowed to be here, you would realize that what you call that you're prior you're saved before being saved. Yeah. The prior state is you are okay. Instead of trying to become okay, you are okay inherently. That wouldn't have a shift in you, for sure. The mind confronted with that idea of timelessness, do you think it's going to be fooled by time like it used to be? Yeah, because the timelessness is the absence of time. When you have the absence of time, you see what time is. Yeah? It's by think by the by all this activity, by the absence of Paul, that's the presence. Yeah? It's always inherently that way. You don't find something by making it a presence. You recognize what's what is seemingly present as not being so, and that's the absence of this, and that's the presence. Yeah? The presence is right where the absence seems to be present. Right where this absence is taking on the sense of being present. All my interest and attention is on this, yes? All this, all this. This, this is inherently absent. That's the presence. You can't have, you're not going to be there for the experience of not being there. <laughs> you got to give up that drive. I really want to be there in my, so I can experience my own absence. It ain't going to happen. That would be your presence, yeah? That's the thing. Once you're included, that means you're present. That's, that immediately means the presence seems to be absent. Yeah? It's a trick, isn't it? Once you show up, something that you are becomes something that maybe you're looking for. Yeah? Like St. Francis was trying to save us time. He says, hey, what's looking is what you're looking for. Yeah? But what's looking as the absence of you is what you are looking for. If the what's looking and the you are this exact same thing, how hard are you going to look anymore? Yeah. You'd be looking from. Instead of the projection of a you looking for, it would be what's looking is what I'm looking from. That's where the looking is from. There's no you looking for what's looking. I'm, fr- I'm looking from what's looking. Yeah. But not as Paul. As soon as Paul becomes the one who thinks he's going to get to what's looking, and now Paul, and only Paul, or maybe a few others, are, are the ones that are looking from what's looking, that just reinforces the belief of the yous that are looking for. Yeah. It doesn't do anyone any good to sit up and... and and produce a separation in this position by thinking they're somewhere that you're not. Fucking, it's like totally against the message in a way. The message is, you are what you are looking for. Yeah. Just drop the you that's looking for and it would be clear. It's the constant reassertion of the you that makes the, the pursuit of what's looking like it's an animal. You know, like it's a prey we're going to get. It's some vague place I'm going to arrive at. That's not produced by that. It's produced by the sense of you. You make it into something. Everything that's found gets lost. Everything. Everything that's found gets lost. You can't break the bondage of duality here. This is the format of the place, yeah? Everything that's been had will provoke a sensation that it could be taken. Yeah? 
any piece that's visited will be left. It's just the way it goes in mind. You can't break, you as a thought can't break the confines of the thought system. Yeah? We're not leaving this place. We're not leaving the thought system. We're not having thoughts, and thoughts aren't attacking us. Those are all, that's a thought taking a sense of being something that, uh, other than what it is, which is a thought. Yeah? In this giant, giant space of mind that I would say we are, one thought is seen to getting all our interest and attention. It's like, oh, that's the star I'm from. That's, you know, that's unbelievable to me. And the system is jealous, like the Old Testament God, yeah? Don't put any gods before me. I'll smote you. It's all about punishment. It sounds like my head. When you read the Old Testament God, it sounds like, fuck, who'd want that as a God? Jesus Christ. If I look sideways at his, you know, I'll get smoted or turned into a pillar of salt. Give me a break. You know? This is, you're doing that. You're playing God. Isn't what's the pursuit of this day today? Is to be okay, isn't it? Probably in some form or another. Every time we just go to eat, there's a meaning given to eating. Oh, this is going to make me okay. Buy another thing, make me okay. Make me okay, make me okay. Yeah? What would happen if you are okay? You'd still eat. You'd still go buy the shirt. You'd see it's all a fucking story. You would still probably buy the shirt and you would still eat. It's just this interpretation of what's going to happen with you or without you, in a sense. Yeah? But we're, we want to be so relevant. It's written everything. I shouldn't have eaten that. <laughs> you know, why did I do that? Oh, that shirt looks terrible. Can I return it? It's just on and on and on and on and on and on. Return the fucking shirt. Don't return the shirt. Keep the shirt. Don't keep the shirt. Eat the ice cream. If you get a stomach ache, so what? Maybe you won't eat ice cream again. Something that is inherently absent has to seem present all fucking day. It has to talk about its presence. It has to ruminate about its past presence. It has to worry about its future presence, you see? What's really present doesn't need any of that because it's present. Yes? It's so... What's not so has to seem to be so all day. And what's generating all that seem to be so? The freaking head. All day. Making things like Jesus. Go to the mall or don't. What, like, I got to call up five people. Should I, should I, am I, you know, should I go, give me a break, just go. You know, it's much simpler than it's being contrived to be. Yeah. But if, you're, if the mind's occupied with something, it infers a sense there must be a something to be occupied with, yes? When the mind is occupied with something, it infers that there must be a something to be occupied with. The occupiedness of it has to happen to produce the sense of something. And the logic of it is, I wouldn't be occupied with it unless it was something, yeah? The mental logic reinforces the first dilemma. So you have to be occupied to feel like something, and yet, yes? It seems like there must be a something to be occupied all day. Yeah? 
It's like you're never going to get out. That's the beauty of it. One of the big ways of wanting to get out is all your wants. I remember I was in a bathtub one night, and I was taking a bath. Well, usually that's what you do in a bathtub. I was taking a bath, and I had a hit that I don't want what I want. It was unbelievable. This giant revelation came over me because my mind is driven with the pursuit of what it wants and all the meaning that those things have. I realized that whole engine of this giant train that my attention and interest had been following for so long, there's no coal on that engine. There's nothing. I don't even want to go where it's going. Yeah? It just totally deflated it like that. I don't want I want what I fucking want. Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Now maybe I'll get something that will be fucking fulfilling. Yeah? Maybe I'll be I'll realize I'm fulfilled in and of myself. Not as this. This is always going to need something. But as what I am. So. It's a system of thought. It's there isn't you. There isn't you that's having the thought system. There isn't you that's doing the thought system. Yes, that's part and parcel of the thought system. Feeling of being a someone that does and a someone that has. Yes? When that feeling of that someone that's doing and someone is having, you at that point are the product of the thought system. It's done its job. You're at the end of the line. That's not the beginning of your life. That's the end of the line of a mental interpretation. Where you believe you start is the end product of the selfing. Yeah? That feeling of you isn't the beginning alpha point. It's the omega point of the mental system called selfing. To have the feeling of being a you, and now it plays. Yeah? It doesn't have to work at that anymore. It plays now. Now, it's like John Coltrane has been given the idea of separation, and he's riffing. What could happen if someone was separated? They could live a life where they're never loved as the source of love? What an incredible idea. I mean, we are... We are totally in the mix right now because there's a feeling of you. Yes? That's not the end point. Uh, that's not the beginning of point. Oh, life's happening to me. Life has ceased happening at that point. It is all interpretive, basically. You, oh, that's, what we're, 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 that's what we're dreaming of is life again. We, we're dreaming of conscious contact like when we had it as a kid. We're dreaming of that. They're like bygone days. We're right starting at the end. We're, at, we're getting up as the finished product of selfing, thinking this is where life begins. Yes? We're starting. We've just fell off the conveyor belt. Yeah? And then, ding! The aware, consciousness arises. And, oh, this is it. We're... It started, it was already, you're a production of a mental system. It's, we've come up, we've come up like, a, let's say if the system started at the one yard line, we show up as the player on the 50 yard line. We think the game is 50 to 100, you know? We're living this short field, everything is about us. We never see, this is a contrivance, it's made up. It has to be constantly reinforced. Pauses come in all the time. They go, <laughs> infinity, eternity drops in. Very, very annoying. You know, 
bliss occurs, you know, free samples in, and we think, oh, I'm a chosen one. This is happening because I've been so good. It's fucking... <laughs> I mean, where we begin is, is like the starting point of the interpretation. It's the end, you know, it's the end point, actually. Now it's serviceable. Now it's going bananas, interpreting everything, yes? The self-centeredness has been in, entrenched. And now it's, the funny thing is, all there is is a drive to get out of self-centeredness as soon as the sense self, self-centeredness is entrenched. Isn't it amazing? As soon as it's entrenched, there's a drive to get out. Why not see that we were never in? That, that drive to get out by, by turning into looking and seeing that you were never in or entertaining, let's say, to begin with, that you were never in may actually fulfill what you call the drive to get out of self. It would be the exact thing you're imagining, but it wouldn't go that direction. Yeah, It wouldn't go a self trying to get out of self. It would go to there is no self. It would produce exactly what you're looking for. A traveling lighter, yeah? The thought system wouldn't be the dominant influence in your life anymore. Conscious contact would be overwhelmingly buzzing, yes? There'd be a sense of presence, that feeling of you really being alive when you jump off of like bungee jumps and, you know, 40-foot cliffs. You'd have that sense of you really being live, but just not as a you, not as a mental production of a you, yeah? But you would have all that you're hoping and dreaming for as a you by the absence of the you. This isn't enlightenment. This is just getting back to the point, yeah, that we're inherently awake. Maybe there is enlightenment. Who knows? Maybe, but I'll tell you, once there's a sense of awakeness, you may not have any desire to be enlightened. All the need to be liberated may be dropped. Maybe you'll finally really be here where you think you are. Yeah. Once the, once the what's looking is moved from and there's a you that's looking for, that's why no one can get that simple statement. Because the you, when it's looking, never can look back towards what's looking. It is what's looking. That's why it can never find it. So if its main drive is to look, that's the, that's the impediment to being it, yeah? It's like another way of self cannot get out of self, and self will, will not stop trying to get out of self. It won't. It just goes, it just, even if it hits the wall, you know, of its own little uh, limitation, the slinky just goes the other way. It's that wall. <laughs> <laughs> if the slinky can never go over the wall and then bounce there, it can't. All it does is hits the wall and goes back into slinkyhood. Yeah. This is a good news. At least it seems to be good. Maybe it's not good news. I know people hate this message. Well, ego is not good. Hmm? You know, for persona, uh, we, we believe that uh, it's not a good news. Because it's not a good news, you don't really exist. So, but I don't think I know what you're 
But the thing is, you, <laughs> you would be more unique, not as an individual, than you're trying to be as one. That's the beauty of it. You really reach your real uniqueness because you are a unique form of expression. You actually reach that unique uniqueness much cleaner and clearer when you're not the individual. The sense of being the individual, I've seen it. I've seen, like, where I was in Australia, I was in a new age town called Byron Bay, and there would be goddesses there, you know. They, the idea of a goddess, they had wild hair, you know, permed hair with shawls and, like, nice gowns, not gowns, but, you know, light, frilly linen type things. Yeah. And they would be amazing, very unique. But at some of the events in town, like 50 goddesses would show up. And that uniqueness looked very, like, cookie cutter. Everyone looked like a goddess there. <laughs> but if there's no drive to be unique, you may be as unique as hell. Yeah. You'll be more Z by not being Z than ever trying to be Z. Yes. It's weird, isn't it? You don't become like a drone. Nothing is real. Nothing is happening. There is no me. You live, it's a very, very, like, a, it's like being in the jungle in Costa Rica. Very lush and tons of different, all the birds had outlandish garb there. I mean, they are just full out, here I am, you know, Woo! like howling monkeys and tons of, I mean, each one very freaking unique yapping away, doing their thing, yes? But there's no sense of being the uniqueness, yes? They've never seen how beautiful they are. They can't see themselves, thank God. That's what allows them to be beautiful. Can you imagine if a bird saw how beautiful they were? They'd probably get super neurotic. They'd just be humped down in a branch. I can't get wet. They'll ruffle my... I can't go out there. Beep, 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 beep. You know what I mean? Oh, it, it would play so small because of its incredible largeness. Yeah, but these things are fucking flying around, how the monkeys are just... I got hugged by this monkey there. We went to this... Not a lot, you know, a wild one. We, we paid the extra $5, and they took us to a monkey place. And this monkey was a 12-year-old male. We, they led us into the cage, and there was a couple of different kinds. But this big one, I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was a howler or not. But it just climbed up on me and just held and just held me like a baby, and I felt such an emotional rush of love from this animal that was cleaner and clearer than almost any hug I ever got here from a human, in a lot of ways, and it just stayed there for like 20 minutes. And I, was just, I said, "When does this end? This show, you know?" And I'm just all this thing, and the thing's nestling in there. Yeah, just hugging the hell out of me. It was unbelievable. And I felt, dead sort, my face, I was, just, I was just feeling like universal love with this, with this monkey. And it looked at me and it put it nestled in here and I was just walking around with it. It was beautiful, yeah, no, just very clean, you know, very clean, but incredibly powerful. Just the presence, because... He doesn't have the mind to think he could be somewhere else. You know what I mean? He doesn't have... He's not tripping in, in, in time. Yeah? His attention and interest is right where he is because there's no... There could be nowhere else it could be. We're assuming this incredible 
insane imagination of being somewhere in the past and the future and being so preoccupied by that all day that we're inherently not here. Yeah. Every hug we do now we refers to a past hug or a yeah. instead of being open, we're mostly in the stance of withholding. Waiting for something, something special. Yeah. They're they're blessed not because they're monkeys, their minds just don't go there, yes? They don't have a sense of being somewhere. You know, I I was once in that tree a long time ago. No, they're just fucking flying around. So you missed my Costa Rica story. So tell them about the monkey. Yeah. That big monkey, monkey that, yeah, the monkey love I had. Yeah. Deb was there. She saw this. She was taking pictures. I, this thing. I just have a very intimate moment in, in the monkey world. It's a very very, yes, very, very loving. Yeah, this is like, these are the possibilities. And that moment, in a sense, was the biggest event of the whole trip in Costa Rica. Being hugged by a monkey. You know, crazy, eh? But who can put value where and when? Value arises as it arises. And it's surprising, and if you find out, and it's lovely. I mean, why would you want to go through all this point of being in manifestation and not be open to the manifestation? Yeah. Seems like crazy. You want to be here in a sense. So, there you have it for today. I got a question. Yeah. So, we're obsessed with the illusion. We're not. The mind's obsessed. You're not obsessed. Right. If the mind is obsessed... Is there any ability to choose not to be obsessed? The way it works with me is I just see the mind's obsessed. And that opens for something to shift. That's all. all I, that's all that happens with me. I see it, and there's a sense I'm not, I'm not that because I'm seeing it. <laughs> you know? <clears throat> and I've never seen what it infers to. I've seen a body, but I've never seen the Paul that it calls. I've never seen it, yeah? All I, all I sense is the seeing of things, but I never see what's seeing, yeah? And if you can see this, this can't be what's seeing. Simple as that. Wang Po gave that very beautiful statement. <clears throat> An old Zen master in China, he says, whatever can be perceived, can't perceive, yeah? So whatever is hearing can't be heard. Whatever is thinking can't be thought of, Yes? Whatever is conceiving can't be conceived. Yeah. There's a point where the whole thing, all the little gauges and mechanisms we, know, we use here to know and to understand can't be used to know and understand that. It's, just, it's, not, it's not appropriate. It's not applicable. And that's the point. The point is, is not to, to find a better way to find something that you're looking for, but to realize, are you what's looking for it? If you're not, that may be the finding of it, yeah? It's when this is inherently absent and the interest and attention, because it's just sort of like a barnacle. Barnacles needs a solid thing to grab onto, yeah? So let's say if you have thousands of barnacles, but the center of the barnacle is a rock, yeah? What would happen if you looked and saw that there was no rock? Would the barnacles really have anything to hold on to? And I would think you'd be immune to the barnacles somewhat. Yeah? I'm saying there's an imaginary rock that's holding all this system in place. Self-centeredness. The idea of being a self. Yeah? A long-lasting, independent, separate entity. 
to try to go through all this to get to your center self, it's like when you peel a, a, an onion, there's no center. Yeah? There's, there's the shape of an onion. It seems to be a thing, but if you keep peeling it, it ends up, there's no center, there's nothing. Well, that's, why not, instead of having to burrow through all those barnacles, ask, you know, entertain a, an invitation, maybe. There is no inherent rock. Therefore, the barnacles are stuck on an imaginary surface. If the imaginary surface is taken to be real, good luck pulling those barnacles off. If it's an imaginary surface, why pull a barnacle off? Yeah, you'll get the experience of being free from barnacles, but you don't have to get it through picking the barnacles off. Yes, they can stay just where they are, because they're not on you. See? It's seeing the absence of things. The seeing their inherent absence is the sense of presence. You'll never see the presence because it's not a thingness, yeah? You get a sense of it by seeing the absence of things. That's what seeing see it cannot. That's right. See, the point is, mind is seeing, but it's seeing nothing, yeah? We, as a thing, can't grok that. Our conditional mind can't see nothing. It sees things, yeah? It sees things. So, <clears throat> the only thing you can do with nothing is to try to make it something so it can see it. And I mean see doesn't mean visually, I mean understand, get. Yes? It can sense it. It can sense it, but it can't have it or get it. It has to make it into something. That's the only way. So what we're saying is, all right, well, if you know that about the system, maybe we're not part and parcel of that system. Maybe what we are can uneasily understand nothing, can easily see nothing, yes? Maybe it's not trying to train something that's only trained to see things into seeing nothing, which is an impossibility. Maybe to realize we're not that which only sees things. And if by that, it changes the whole ballgame. Maybe you and I inherently have the ability to see nothing. Yeah? Maybe that what, that's what mind is. All the while, the, this manifestation, this formatted version, is built to see things. What we truly are isn't built to begin with. And its nature is to see nothing. Yeah? It is of nothingness. Yeah? That's the beauty of it. It's not an acquired talent. It's not something you can learn. It's recognizing the drive to learn is part of the fallacy of that system. That drive to know may be good about learning about shares and cars and stock markets, but it's not good applied to nothingness. It doesn't work. Yeah. Yet the inherent drive of the system is to rely on the system. Yes? Its inherent drive, its drive is to keep trying to find out. It's, it's trying to know. I remember I was with this guru when I was younger and I was in the hospital. Anyone have five more minutes? You want to go? Yeah, yeah, you all right? I was in the hospital and I was going through a lot of hallucinations for weeks, yeah? Because they had given me uh, Demerol and I had been an opiate user. And I think that can set you off in going into a mind state, whatever. But I was going into this hallucinatory dream world a lot. And I could fly in that dream world. <clears throat> and this one time, and I could fly through people. And this one time, 
I went to, and I was seeing tons of videos that had never been produced by, about my guru at the time and his family. Tons of them. I mean, giant visions of him. So I, I flew down to a meeting he was in this dream world having with, with uh, students who had family, had kids, and he has kids. And he was in a raised die, and I landed in the room, and I was flying around it, and the room got pretty flipped out because this person was flying around. <clears throat> and I landed on the die, and I looked at my master, like the authority, you know, like the master. And I asked him telepathically, you know, what, you know, what's the truth? And he had this little smile, and he says, you can't get it, you know? And I felt the sadness of that. And the sadness seemed like really, really deep in time. And I realized I'm never going to get it. I mean, the way I'm built, I can't embrace what is. My gauges and barometers can't pick it up. Yeah. And it was like crushing to the sense of being a, a person. Crushed me, crushed me. But in, a, in hindsight, it's very, very fucking liberating to realize... This is never going to know what's so. It's not built for that, yeah? It's built to facilitate a dream. It's not built to recognize what's so. A facilitate a dream. It's built to recognize what's not so. That's what it's built for, yeah? To rely on that to get <coughs> us to the other shore doesn't work. You know, when I was a kid, I used to think there ought to be nothing. How come there's always something? And then I grew up and I discovered it really is nothing. How marvelous is always something. Exactly, exactly. If you stop looking at something to be something, you'll see its inherent nature, which is nothing, which really infuses it as everything, really. It's pretty cool, in a way. But the system of mind, I find, as the hair helmet, like the helmet most people are breathing under, <coughs> cannot, cannot have contact with that space. Yes. Yes, that's it.